Welcome back, Oscar fans. This is Jake. You're listening to the OCC, an Oscars podcast that today is going to be devoted to the continued changes around the slate of films that we expected we'd be talking about for this year's Oscars. Of course, COVID-19 continues to disrupt all aspects of life. It's been disrupting the film and theater experience for many, many months now. The latest rounds of changes are from Disney. The studio on Wednesday announced a number of moves to reshuffle their release calendar, a few that highly impact what we were expecting for the 2021 Oscars. Probably the most Oscar-adjacent film that was impacted on Wednesday is Steven Spielberg's remake of West Side Story. I had talked early in the year about how it was the year of the musical. Obviously, Lin-Manuel Miranda's In the Heights was pushed back to 2021, and now West Side Story will launch a year later than expected on December 10th, 2021, instead of December 18th, 2020. Another movie that got a lot of attention that was certainly plausible for score or or effects and, and some of the awards that are typically associated with blockbusters is Black Widow. The new installment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which was already had been pushed back from May of 2020, it had been pushed into November, that'll now come out in May 2021, so a full year after it had been intended. And because the Marvel Cinematic Universe is so interconnected, it will also shift back The Eternals, which had been originally scheduled in November. It was then dated for February 12th, 2021, which if you remember would still put it in contention for some of the Oscars, I guess most specifically Best Picture, since that eligibility window was pushed back. Now, I don't think The Eternals was going to necessarily compete in Best Picture, although we will certainly talk about a Chloe Zhao movie that it is very likely to. The Eternals now shifts totally out of this year and moves to November 5th, 2021. Other moves, um, Death on the Nile, which was a follow-up to Murder on the Orient Express, kind of Kenneth Branagh's take on the Agatha Christie movies. Um, That was pushed back a few months to December 18th. And then Adrian Lyne, who's probably best known for his 80s erotic thrillers like Fatal Attraction, Nine and a Half Weeks, Indecent Proposal, and Flashdance, Jacob's Ladder. He had a new film coming out this year called Deep Water, which was going to star Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas. That was pushed out of November into August 13th, 2021. If you recall, early in the year, I had thought this was going to be the year of Ana de Armas. She stars in the Bond film, which is still scheduled as of now to come out in theaters in November. She was also scheduled to play Marilyn Monroe in Blonde, um, across from Adrian Brody, from director Andrew Dominic. That film has not been dated, to my knowledge, so I'm not sure if it'll come out in 2020. It seems like the kind of movie that might actually benefit from the extended eligibility window. So there's a chance I could see that coming out before February 28th, in which case it would be potentially in the mix for the Oscars. But then obviously Deepwater was another big role for her, uh, opposite Ben Affleck, and that will be now pushed to August 13th, 2021. So all in all, the ongoing shakeup of the release calendar means that we have sort of a shifting understanding of, of what movies we should be tracking for this year's Oscars. Now that always happens to a degree, not necessarily because of schedule changes in a typical year, although there are, sometimes there are movies that are pushed back or pulled up. But even schedule changes aside, the, the Oscar picture tends to start crystallizing about now 
every year because you see how things play on the festival circuit. Critics start getting advanced screenings of a lot of the movies that are, are most highly anticipated for Oscar season. And some of them are don't live up to expectations or you know, just don't play as much as, as Oscar type of films as maybe people would have thought. This year, the added dynamic of, of all these date changes kind of further shakes up the race. So what I wanted to do just briefly today is highlight what some of the films are that I do think will come out this year or that may come out that I'm keeping an eye on as far as preparing for Oscar season. And as best I can, I'll try to share where I think you'll be able to find these movies so that so that if you are planning to, to do an Oscar completist run, that you can start looking out for these movies too and, and trying to find out where you'll be able to see them. Obviously, this is a totally premature exercise just because I haven't seen many of these movies myself, but there'll be future opportunities to discuss them in more detail once we all do get to see them. And so just given all the shifts on the calendar, I thought that this could be kind of a fun exercise. So I'll start by highlighting a few of the films that have already come out this year that I think are worth tracking as you start thinking about what might be nominated for Oscars. Most of these we've already kind of talked about on the program. That's obviously Spike Lee's The Five Bloods, which came out this summer. You know, I don't know if I think that that's actually going to end up playing for Best Picture, but I certainly think there's a lot of momentum behind Delroy Lindo for an acting nomination for that movie, and I think that it's going to be a relevant movie come the season. You know, I already did an episode um, with Adam Lippi on Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, which is still my favorite movie of the year so far. And while it was a smaller release, I do believe that it will be at least relevant to the Oscar conversation, either as a nominee or ultimately as a snub. And then episodes in recent weeks have focused on, I'm thinking of Ending Things and Tenant. And I'm not sure how much either of those play in the Oscars. Ultimately, I think if I had to predict today, I think Tenant will play in the below the line categories. And I think I'm thinking of Ending Things may get left out. But those are, are what I would all consider to be kind of Oscar adjacent films relative to the main categories. Of course, I've also done episodes on animated movies and documentaries that have come out this year, and there's been a great selection of those. Other movies to just sort of mention, if you haven't seen, Palm Springs was one that I could see maybe sneaking in to screenplay. It was a pretty original movie that I didn't really cover too much yet on this show. I think I I hope to find time to cover it because it's actually a movie that I really enjoyed. You have movies like Call of the Wild, which had impressive stop motion special effects and Emma, which I think when it comes to makeup and, and even some of the visual palette of that film, uh, whether that's art direction or, or where or costumes, there's a handful of movies that may show up throughout the above and below the line categories that have already come out this year. But traditionally, the Oscar season starts around Labor Day. That's obviously being pushed back probably a little bit this year because the eligibility window is pushed back and so many films have been redated. Toronto International Film Festival just wrapped up. You have the New York Film Festival going on right now. And so I think a lot of these movies are starting to come out and be seen for the first time. And so I want to highlight just a couple that I'm really looking forward to across categories. So you have on October 2nd in the documentary category, a movie called Dick Johnson is Dead, which I've talked about quite a bit uh, relative to documentaries. This is from Kristen Johnson, who made Camera Person, and this will come out on Netflix on October 2nd. The following week on Netflix is a movie called The 40-Year-Old Virgin. This is not a reboot of the Steve Carell comedy, The 40-Year-Old Virgin. This is Virgin, V-E-R-S-I-O-N. This is a drama comedy that played at Sundance 
to enormous acclaim. It won the U.S. Dramatic Competition Directing Award at Sundance and focuses on a struggling playwright who, looking for a breakthrough before 40, reinvents herself as a rapper. So that's one that comes out on Netflix and is, is definitely on my radar. And then the following week on Netflix, if you haven't noticed a theme here yet that we'll be, I'm sure, talking about a lot throughout award season, and that is with so many theaters closed, this may be the year where Netflix finally breaks through, if not if for no other reason than just sheer volume. I mean, this is where you're finding new movies. It's the streaming services, and Netflix has positioned themselves, I think, very well. So October 16th, Netflix, The Trial of the Chicago 7. This is Aaron Sorkin's new film about the riots following the Democratic National Convention in 1968. This has started to be seen by critics. In fact, right now, I could actually go see it as a member of the public in a very select number of theaters. This has serious Oscar buzz, especially relative to many of the acting performances. Mark Rylance is in this. Um, it, I mean, the cast is enormously deep. I expect this to factor very heavily into Oscar season. And again, that's without seeing it. But this comes out on October 16th on Netflix, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Also on Netflix, October 21, is Rebecca. Oscar history buffs will be familiar with Alfred Hitchcock's version of Rebecca, which won Best Picture. It came out in 1940. This is not a remake of that movie. This is a new movie based on the same source material, which is Daphne du Maurier's 1938 novel of the same name. This stars Army Hammer and uh, comes out on October 21st on Netflix. Sticking with the streaming services on October 23rd, you have Sofia Coppola's new movie, On the Rocks, partnering with Bill Murray again after Lost in Translation, also stars Rashida Jones. Also on October 23rd on Amazon Prime is a documentary called Time. I know I've done a lot of episodes on documentary. I don't think I've talked that much about time, but this is playing, this this played at Sundance, but it's now playing at a number of the other film festivals and getting rave reviews, and, and many critics are categorizing this as a likely contender within the documentary category. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm really looking forward to it. It follows a woman who's fighting for the release of her husband serving a 60-year prison sentence. And then finally on October 23rd, which is going to be a busy day, over the Moon from Glenn Keane. Uh, this is an animated film that will play on Netflix um, that I think is definitely one to watch for the best animated feature category. Um, Glenn Keane won an Oscar with Kobe Bryant for uh, the short Dear Basketball uh, a few years ago, and that also comes out on October 23rd. Looking into November, Ammonite, which is playing a number of the festivals right now, it's a lesbian period piece uh, that stars Saoirse Ronan and, and Kate Winslet in the animated category one of the really big expected contenders is the new Pete Doctor film from Pixar which is called Soul so that's slated for November 20th and as part of the announcement that I talked about at the top of this episode where Disney shifted around a number of movies they did not shift Soul off of this November 20th date and they also said that they were not going to launch it on Disney Plus which is very interesting you know, obviously Disney just did a Disney Plus launch with Mulan where you had to pay $30 to see it or, you know, otherwise it'll just come to the streamer, I think, in December. 
that was they sort of talked about that as if, as if it were a success. But you know, you tend to when it comes to matters of money, you want to look at companies' actions, not just what they say. And and here they obviously are choosing not to repeat that formula with one of their most anticipated animated family films of the year. So. As of right now, November 20th, Pixar Soul is scheduled to be in movie theaters. We'll see how that goes. Also on November 20th, of course, is the new James Bond film, No Time to Die. That has not been moved off of that date um, as of yet. Going into December, a number of films to watch. So you have Nomadland from Chloe Zhao, who I mentioned earlier, her film The Eternals has been moved out. This film, Nomadland, stars Francis McDormand. It's playing a number of the festivals right now. It's playing New York Film Festival. By the time that you've heard this episode, I will have already seen this movie. The buzz on this one is that it is expected to be a front runner. Maybe it's today the front runner in the best picture category. Um, so that's that is slated for December fourth. This one, uh, the audience award at, at TIFF, which has been a pretty surefire indicator of a film that's going to get nominated for Best Picture. Last year, that award went to Jojo Rabbit. The year before, it went to Green Book. So the expectation is that this will be a highly relevant Oscar film. Then, of course, is Denis Villeneuve's Dune, the sci-fi epic, which he's taken another crack at after David Lynch made his in the 80s, although that movie did get Oscar nominations. So, But this version stars Timothy Chalamet, Oscar Isaac. Denis Villeneuve is highly respected. Obviously, Arrival a few years ago was nominated in many categories, including Best Picture. Also on December 18th, we'll have Anthony Hopkins' new film, The Father. This played Toronto International Film Festival and had a lot of buzz. You know, I think people had been eyeing him in the Best Actor category for this film for a while since it played Sundance. In fact, Mark Kozak and I, when we did our predictions at the beginning of the year, this was my prediction for, for a nomination within Best Actor. But the buzz on this sounded even kind of Best picture from what I've heard so far. So I'm eager to see that. You have Wonder Woman 1984 in around Christmas, uh, which maybe is more of a special effects play. The Truffle Hunters, a documentary I think I mentioned in our documentary episode um, that played cons. It's also playing the New York Film Festival, so I'll see this in the next few weeks. But that could definitely be a play within uh, either documentary or foreign film. News of the World, starring Tom Hanks and based on the Paulette Giles novel on December 25th. So those are some of the key films that are dated for calendar year 2020. But of course, the eligibility window now runs through the end of February 2021. So anything that comes out between January 1st and February 28th is still eligible for the big top above the line awards. Probably the most notable dated film so far that is scheduled within that window is French Exit, which is has a decent amount of buzz around Michelle Pfeiffer as a Best Actress contender. She's playing a socialite who moves to New York after spending the last of her husband's inheritance. That is playing New York Film Festival, so I'll get a chance to see that in a few weeks. The King's Man, which is kind of a prequel to the Kingsman spy movies, also uh, was part of today's moves from Disney. That was just tweaked. like That had already been pushed out into February, and I think it was pulled up a week or so to February 12th. So that would be eligible, although I'm not sure that's really the type of movie that's expected to compete for serious awards. But there's still a lot that is undated. And now I'm caveating this by saying that I'm this is being recorded Thursday, September 24th, but released on Monday, September 28th. So it is highly possible that in the four 
days that have elapsed since I actually was sitting here recording it that more films have been dated. But I'll run through a, some of the highlights of films that are not dated that I'm looking forward to that I think have a good chance of coming out before the eligibility window. So one movie is called After Yang. This is a science fiction drama from filmmaker Koganada. He made a few years ago a film called Columbus, which was a very quiet um, but but highly acclaimed movie. I'm not sure if I if I necessarily expect this to be a serious contender. This feels more of like the Waves uncut gems like snub variety, but it is distributed by A24. It stars Colin Farrell, Jodie Turner-Smith. It follows a father and daughter as they try to save the life of their robotic family member. So that type of movie is just generally up my alley, and I'm looking forward to it. We'll see if it actually is competitive when it comes to the Oscars or not. There was a lot of buzz about a film called Cherry, which is from the Russo brothers, who are probably most famous for making Avengers Endgame. That's supposed to be a really tough watch. It stars Tom Holland, who, of course, plays Spider-Man in the MCU, but it is by no means a superhero movie. It follows a army medic with PTSD who comes home, becomes addicted to opioids, starts robbing banks to pay for the addiction. It's based on a novel by the same name by Nico Walker. This one has not been dated yet, um, but it is slated to be s- distributed by Netflix. So what happened last year was that Netflix, right around now, dropped a press release of just kind of all their festival fare all their award season movies that they were going to push and when they were going to be dated. So I expect that Cherry will be included in that. It's already been filmed. So from that perspective, there's no reason it couldn't have been finished, uh, even with the pandemic. Uh, Filming wrapped at the end of January. A film that is less certain is called Come On, Come On. This is from director Mike Mills. He's, He's acclaimed from films like 20th Century Woman, and it stars Joaquin Phoenix. Um, So you would expect this to be award season relevant whenever it does come out. Um, It's an A24 release about a road trip with an artist and and his nephew, a movie that got bumped that was expected to compete in animated category is is a film called Connected. And this was from Sony. This is an animated film from the people who brought you into the Spider-Verse, which won Best Animated Feature. No word yet on when they're trying to get that out. It seems like they are trying to maintain the theater experience on that one um, because that had been scheduled for the fall and was pulled out. Um, So waiting to see if that gets redated in time to be eligible. Judas and the Black Messiah is certainly slated for 2021, but there does seem to be some level of expectation that this movie will come out in time to be eligible for the Oscars. This film director, Shaka King, stars Daniel Kaluuya, Jesse Plemons, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, it's a biographical drama film about Fred Hampton, the Black Panthers, um, in 1960. Hampton was the chairman of the Black Panther Party, and in the late 60s, there was a petty criminal named William O'Neill who agreed to work as an informant for the FBI to take him down. So, And then, of course, sticking on the Netflix train, one of the most anticipated films for this fall festival season that I actually would not be surprised if this has already been dated by the time that I put out this episode, is, of course, David Fincher's new film, Mank. And this follows Herman Mankovich and and the battle over the screenwriting credit for Citizen Kane. This is coming to Netflix. The buzz is that it is coming to Netflix in October. And so this certainly is expected to play as an Oscar season movie, but not yet uh, dated. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom 
is has gotten a decent amount of attention lately because it is the final role um, for the late Chadwick Boseman. This film is based on a play of the same name by August Wilson. Boseman co-stars along with uh, Viola Davis, and uh, it, it is about a recording session from the mother of blues, Ma Rainey, in 1927, Chicago. Um, this one, as I'm saying a lot, is a Netflix film, so you would expect that as well to come out in time for Oscar season. Minari is a film that played at Sundance and was really highly acclaimed. It was picked up by A24. It's going to be released uh, sometime for sure this year, probably through the partnership with A24 and Apple. It is playing the Hampton Film Festival, so um, tickets for that are going on sale today, and you you know, I'll certainly try to get them and, and have a chance to see this early. Um, deals with a, a family of Korean immigrants that moved to a tiny Arkansas farm and, and kind of highlights their experience. One Night in Miami. This is a, this is the directorial debut for Regina King, who, of course, has won Best Actress at the Oscars, uh, or Supporting Actress, sorry, for If Beale Street Could Talk, and she just won an Emmy for Watchmen. Um, but this is her first movie as director. This film tells a story, it's it's not real, but it's a fictionalized story of Cassius K, Clay, Malcolm X, Jim Brown, Sam Cooke, as they as they celebrate a uh, Cassius is Clay surprise title win over Sonny Liston in a Miami hotel room in 1964. Pieces of a Woman is getting a lot of buzz coming out of uh, the Toronto Film Festival. Um, in particular, I think Vanessa Kirby's performance uh, is being pretty highly buzzed about follows a Boston couple on the verge of parenthood whose lives change during a home birth at the hand of a midwife. And then Promising Young Woman from Focus Features uh, played Sundance and it was originally dated for April and then was one of the early movies to get pushed because of the pandemic and it has not been reset. But hopefully um, this one will, will also come in time for the February 28th cutoff date. It seems like this one they really have been holding for theatrical distribution. So we'll have to see how that goes, especially a movie of this size and scale. It's kind of a smaller film. Uh, you know, this trailer played in front of a lot of kind of Oscar type of films early in the year. And the trailer kind of depicts a woman who goes to bars, dresses up, kind of pretends to be drunk and inebriated until guys, until a guy tries to take her home and take advantage of her. And then she kind of reveals that she's not drunk and it's unclear what exactly she does if he if she attacks them or if she kills them it's not really clear but it definitely is an attention grabbing trailer um and it's a movie that has gotten that people who have seen it critics and, and people who are at sundance really have a lot of passion for this movie i think that if it comes out through focus features this definitely could get into the mix the Hillbilly Elegy is, I think, a really central one. This is going to be from Ron Howard. Of course, it's an adaption of the well-known now J.D. Vance novel. I think a lot of people are talking about both Amy Adams and Glenn Close in this movie, two actresses who, of course, are probably overdue for Oscars, in particular Glenn Close. Lots of buzz that this may be kind of that outlet. This is from Netflix, so this should be dated uh, fairly soon. A few other movies, just names to keep in mind. I won't really get too deep into what they are, but Red, White, and Water from Lila Neugebauer, The Eyes of Tammy Faye from Michael Showalter, Joel Cohen is directing Denzel Washington in The Tragedy of Macbeth. There's an A24 film called Zola, 
which is based on a Twitter thread. It's the probably the first adapted screenplay that would be based on a Twitter thread um, that played Sundance. And then Wolf Walkers is an animated film, kind of the third in a trilogy of Irish folk uh, films. The first of two were The Secret of the Kells and Song of the Sea, both of which were nominated for Oscars in the animated category. That one has been really highly acclaimed from, from some people have started seeing that and critics and the like, and they seem to love it. So all those movies are kind of what I'm most keeping an eye out for over the next five months. But again, it's unclear which which of those or how many of those will actually come out. It's changing all the time. So that's all for this week. Next week, I'm going to have a conversation. I have a guest coming on, and we're going to talk about the new Academy diversity rules, which there's obviously been a lot of discussion on that. So I want to I want to take some time to delve into that. But then we're really going to start delving into all the movies that I just listed as they come out. So lots of stuff to cover as Oscar season ramps up here. Appreciate you tuning in. Have a great week.